Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you doing? How are you doing, you beautiful bastards? You know who this is. This is S. Anthony Thomas, a.k.a. King Bastards. The King Bastard, and this is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, episode number one, eight, eight, 188. And I want to say, how are you doing? I want to say I, I'm, I'm glad that you came back. And I want to say to the people that have been with me for the whole two years and counting, thank you very much. And to the new people, I expect expect you bastards to be bastards forever like the two-year bastards you guys are stuck with me deal with it uh, <laughs> uh i just want to say one thing i mean uh first of all thank you for making episode 187 very very popular i appreciate that you guys have been really on the roll for a while now making these episodes really really pop uh, mainly because you've been bringing along new people and listening and downloading and i really appreciate it i mean i, I really really do um to those of you that have been uh some of the people have been contacting me uh, via Twitter and in and, and the, and the email groove. And I didn't realize that me referring to people as bastards was a thing. I talked about it before, but it seems to be a thing, a really a thing now, because people are now referring to themselves as beautiful bastards and bastards when they call right, right me. Hey, Seth, this is one of your bastards. And. And some of the people have been who are newer people just but just refer to themselves that way without knowing the backstory behind it. And I know I talked about it before, but people have been asking me, so I'm going to answer again. Um, I call people that I know and love and I meet and I know in person bastards. I didn't realize it was a thing. You know, I, hey, get come on over here, you bastards. Uh, man, I'd walk into a bar. Hey, how you doing, you sick bastards? When I would talk to my friends and that became a thing. And, and as I did it so often that I didn't realize I was doing it. It was just, it just became a thing and nobody was, nobody paid attention to it. It's just the way S. Anthony talked, as they would say. So when I started, I didn't realize it was a thing until I started referring to my audience as bastards because I actually dig you people. I really, really do. I dig every last one of you. And someone goes, what's this bastards thing? And I said, well, that's, as it turns out, that's what I call people that I like, um, that, I, that I became friends with and that I know well and that know me well. And I think that, quite frankly, over the past two years, uh, that would include you bastards, <laughs> you know. So when I say that, when I refer to my my audience as beautiful bastards, I say that um, it, to say that it's a term of endearment or a term of of affection, quite frankly, is an understatement because I really do have a lot of uh, a lot of love for you guys. Um, you've been you've been sending a lot of love to me and just know that I have a lot of love for you guys as well, because you are my beautiful bastards. You'd be more beautiful bastards. Especially the ladies. <laughs> I mean, dudes, you're cool bastards, too. And I love you guys, too. But I really love the ladies. The ladies are my sweet bastards. <laughs> yeah, that's right, ladies. Okay, I just went into my creepy guy voice. I should probably stop doing that. Because that, that's kind of creepy, isn't it? <laughs> the reason I like doing podcasts is because it's a very, very interesting way to communicate with people. And... It's different than stand-up, which is what I've been doing my entire adult life, mainly because when you do a comedy club and you perform in a comedy club, say there's 250, maybe 300 people in the, in the crowd, and there's a specific magic and energy that is for that crowd only. Every time you interact with people, there's a different specific feeling, and that audience becomes a collective, and you're the performer, and you have a connection with them, they have a connection with you, and it's unique to that audience in that situation. But you know that exact configuration of 300 people will probably never happen again. The exact connection will not be the same because those people are going to come back to see you, but they'll never come back in that specific group. You know, so you should savor it. 
But when it comes to something like this, when it comes to something like this, it's not just 300, it's thousands of people. And it's the same thousands of people with new people added on to it. Like if I was to say that same audience, that same 300 people in the audience, and then the next time it was 600 with that same 300 in, involved in, in, inside of the 600, it would be similar, but you still have a connection with that original 300. With this is different. Like I said, because it's the same people coming back and bringing new people. It, it has more of a family feel to it than it does a show feel to it, you know? It's difference between doing something at a recital and doing something where people come back to see you again and again and again. It's a different feeling, you know? And that's what this feels like. So not to get too sentimental before the show starts. Um, I just want to say the energy and the, and the connection that we have is actually pretty damn cool. I appreciate you. I really do. And I just wanted to let you know that. So, would you like to hear me talk about dumb crap for about an hour or so after this? Of course you do. Because this is episode number 188, and this stupid crap will commence right after I roll this theme song, which will be right now. Go! All right, guys, let's get it. Let's get into this. Now, I referenced stand up in the in the intro before this segment here. And I think it's probably because I knew I was going to be recording this segment. And I knew that stand up was going to have a big part to play in this. So bear with me, you bastards. Now, what I want to talk about here is how sometimes you find out the hard way that things that are important to you are not that important to people around you. You think they are, but they're not. If it doesn't necessarily benefit the other person that isn't you, it's not as important to them. If it's a good friend of yours and what's important to you benefits them, then it's very important. I got to make this beer run. I got to make this beer run. I got to get this beer. Now, normally, we're like, I'm not driving all the way over there. But they know that they're going to be drinking the beer, too. So they get there. I'll help you out. What the, I'll help you carry stuff. This guy never helps you carry anything. But you go to get beer for the party, and all of a sudden, his back doesn't hurt. Didn't your back hurt last week? Uh, well, <laughs> it's feeling a little better right now. Oh, then I guess you can help me carry some other stuff. Well, we'll just see how it goes after we carry the beer that I'm actually going to be drink drinking. We're going to see how it goes after that. And then you see him picking up the beer, putting it on his shoulders, running up the steps, putting it down and coming back and getting another one and going. And he's, he's taking the beer out the back of your truck faster than you are and carrying heavier amounts of beer than you're carrying. And you see him not even wincing. Oh, so let me just see how this goes and he's having a great time he's having these rough house with everybody doing the ufc fights and or doing the football game and he's every he's running around he's doing all sorts of crap he's playing football with with the kids at the barbecue and this that that and all that stuff and he looks great and then the next day when you have to you ask that bastard to help you move some furniture, all of a sudden he's calling you from the ER. Well, I'm so sorry my back exploded. And he go, ha, Jim, just kidding, man. I wanted you to help me carry in more beer. You know, my back's feeling better. Your back's not hurt, you bastard. Why did he help you out? Because what was important to you, getting that stuff for the party, benefited him benefited his punk ass he's helping you carry all that beer that he's not paying for that he wants to drink but he helped you carry it his back was feeling bad didn't feel too bad to pick up that beer because he knew he was going to be drinking it and that's the way it works man 
And I don't mean it in a in a way where I think everybody sucks. No, but it's just human nature. Stuff that's important to you can never be as important to another person as it is to you. If you're real, like I said, they're really a close friend of yours. Stuff that's important to you is more important than, you know, something that happens to somebody that's not a friend. You're a few levels up above that, but it's not as important as it is to you. I learned that the hard way with a girlfriend. You see, when you're doing stand up, one of the things you want to do is you want to get into as many things as possible that are going to get as many people as possible seeing what you can do. You want to do the Tonight Show. You want to do the top radio programs. You want to be in this, that or the other. Anything that's going to get people to see you doing what you do. So hopefully some of that audience will want to come and see you live. Now that's at the high level. At the high level, you want to be on the Tonight Show or Jimmy Kimmel Live or any of these shows and then all of a sudden you get on those shows and all the comedy clubs around the country have get will give you a, a thumbs up because if you were on that show, if you made it to that show, you must be good. So we're going to give you a booking. You don't even really have to audition. Why? You were on national television. Well, on a level below that, which is where I was at the time, it wasn't about television. It was about playing the top clubs in your city or in your region. You play a specific club and people go, oh, you played the blah, blah, blah club. Well, all right. OK, we'll book you. Let me, let me send the tape. And even though they want you to send the tape, they just want to get an idea of what you do. You're pretty much already going to get the booking. They just want to see if what you're doing is some kind of over the top inflammatory crap. Or if you do some things that they think are going to annoy the audience. But for the most part, once they get to the point where they ask you to send in the tape, at least in my case, because everybody I've ever sent the tape to, for the most part, I've gotten booked except for the couple of handful of people who were complete morons. <laughs> anyway, but once you get into the Reed Top Club in your city, all the other clubs fall in line. Once you get into the top club in your city, which is usually a top club in the region, all the other clubs kind of fall in the line. Now, at that particular time, at the particular time of the story I'm telling right now, I hadn't I had moved into a different area. So I hadn't played any of the top clubs yet. A lot of the comics knew who I was. Hey, you're a Oh, yeah, I saw you. I work with you with the blah, 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 blah. How come you haven't played the blah, blah, blah yet? I just moved here. Oh, man, I give a call. Maybe give him a call. Tell him to take, check you out. This, that, this, that. So now I have a booking at this club and it's three months out. And it's a big deal for me because I just got into this area. And fortunately, fortunately for me, one of the one of the clubs that I really wanted to get into badly, which would have knocked, which essentially once you get into that club, all the other clubs fall in line. This was a big shot. I go into this club and do what I do, blow this place out. All the other clubs in the region are going to fall in line and it will just be a matter. It will be a formality getting into them. And I know it. it's a big shot for me. And it's three months out. And it was great because the guy that I knew just made a phone call. And the guy says, yeah, I'll book you. I knew it was going to be it. It was really an audition. I knew that it was an audition. When I was getting paid, but it was an audition. If I went in and sucked game over, I'm now in the back of the line. And it's going to take me a couple of years to work my way back up to this spot where I am right now. And that's how important this performance is. That's how important this performance is. Big time. Three months out. I tell the girl I'm dating about it and she's happy. Oh, that's great. Now, she's happy about it because it's three months out. And in the reality, it really doesn't affect her life at all. It doesn't change anything. 
You know, she doesn't have to do anything specific. I, I don't need anything from her. I don't need any money from her. I don't need any travel, anything from her. I don't need anything from her. She can be supportive. She can say great things. Oh, it's a month, it's a month and a half. You're going to go play that club. That's going to be great. It's next month. Oh, in 15 days. Well, next week. Oh, it's going to be great. And in the week before I get to go to this place, which is about an hour and a half away from where I'm living at the time, her car turns into complete crap and i let her borrow mine no problem it's my woman i'm gonna let her borrow the car i mean we're not married or anything but we, you know, it's, my, it's my girlfriend so i'm gonna lend her the car and no problem i don't care about lending her the car why should i worry about that that's my woman damn it now we get close to the day and now because I'm now rehearsing extra hard, harder than I normally did, because this one is a big deal. If I get into this club, I play this club, I blow this club out. If I blow this place, I'll blow this place apart. I am going to be working a whole lot of clubs in the area. Oh, yeah. But now she starts to notice when she comes over that I can't just drop what I'm doing and go where she wants to go. And I can't let her borrow the car as much because I got some places I got to do, some things I got to do. I got to get on stage and tune up my, my act. I, I was happy with it, but I have to make sure it's razor sharp because I want to get this club. And now it's starting to affect her. Oh, no, she's thinking. Then she starts realizing if he gets this gig, he's not going to be around as much as I want him to be. Oh, no. It's now starting to hit her that it's now starting to affect her. Oh, no. And this is where I'm talking about. Sometimes the things that are important to you are not as important as they are and not as important to other people. Oh, no. The day of the gig, she wants to borrow the car. I have no problem with that. I don't have to leave till six o'clock. The club, you know, my, my, I don't have to be there till nine o'clock. I leave at six, you know, I get there at seven thirty. I don't have to be there till nine. I'm going to give myself some extra time. Not a problem. No big deal. Baby, do me a favor. What's that? Just make sure you have the car back here by six because I got to go to this gig. OK, oh, no problem. This is what you're talking about. I know, I know what time it is. <laughs> and there was something inside me that said, oh, no. Now, the oh, no. Didn't happen until after about 15 minutes after she left because I was too busy thinking about rehearsing and getting ready and working on this, making sure this bit was right and rehearsing and doing this bit because there were no more performances I could do at a comedy club before I left because I was leaving at six o'clock. And she's out with the car and it's now three. No big deal. She can be back at six. Not a problem. Why am I worrying about it? She knows how important this is to me. She always brought the car back. I mean, sometimes she was a little bit late, but it really wasn't a big deal because she was coming to my house. She'd come back to the house. She'd drop off the car. We'd get it on and then I'd take her home. Not a problem. Oh yeah, getting it on. Oh yeah. It's now 4.30. Not a big deal. It ain't even close to 6 o'clock yet. She knows I have to leave at 6. She'll be here. You know, she'll be here. She'll probably be here at 5.30 just to be courteous to me so I won't be nervous. I won't be worried about it. Right? It's 5.35. Now, I used to be involved in comedy clubs insofar as assistant managing maybe managing some places and i know what it's like as a booker when a show starts at eight o'clock you don't want the comic to show up at eight o'clock 
You don't want to make that person nervous. You want to ease the booker's mind. You want the booker to go, oh, good. It's the show's at eight. He's here at seven or six thirty or whatever. I'm comfortable. I had nothing to worry about. I got good feelings about this person. This person is a is a professional, not a problem. You don't want to do that to the booker, and I definitely don't want to do that to the booker of a place that I'm trying to get into. That's going to get me in all the other clubs. I wouldn't want to do that. Oh no. I want to ease that person's mind. I want that person to go. S. Anthony is a pro. He has a reputation for always showing up. He has a reputation for always doing good shows. He'll be here. That's what I want. And if things work out the way I have them planned, that's exactly what's going to happen. But, oh, no, it's 545. And I don't want her to just show up just at 6 o'clock. I said I wanted to leave at six. So I have everything prepared. I got my stuff there and I laid this laid out, that laid out stuff on the table, recorders laid out, this laid out, cameras laid out, stuff, this, that, over there, this over there, and some stuff there and put stuff there. Got my shirt on, the clothes on, the this, that, this, and put that laid out and the keys there, this, that. Everything's laid out so I can just walk out the door. It's five fifty. Oh no. So I call her. She calls me back from a payphone at a store. Store. Oh no. I said, it's 5.50 now. Are you on your way back? I hope I didn't make you pull over. You're on your way back. And I just want to get this thing. I said, I said, you know I have to leave at 6, right? Why would you... You know, why would you even go into a store where you it's crowded, right? That's not exactly what she said, but I was so angry. That's what her voice sounded like. That's what it sounded like because I was pissed off. And I'm sitting there going, why don't you just could you just get out of line? And bring the car back to the, my place so I can get going. I mean, you can you can go back to that place tomorrow. You know, just could you? I'm in line already. I don't care if you're in line. It's. I mean, you already. I mean, the simple fact that it's five fifty now, and I know the store you're at right now is fifteen minutes away. Under best case scenario, you're already going to be late. I, you know, I don't want to be sticking. Yeah, it's only going to be five ten minutes. <laughs> and then she hangs up the phone. Oh. So I already know there's going to be an argument when she gets back. I already know I'm not going to be able to just walk out the door with us having to, quote, discuss the relationship and my attitude. I already know that's coming. And we have to discuss the relationship and your attitude because I don't like the way you talk. I didn't yell at you. I don't care if you yelled. I just didn't like your tone. What tone are you talking about? See, there's the tone right there. Now, this is what's going to happen, which means it's going to be a 15-minute minimum, 15-minute minimum, minimum, 15-minute fight before I can walk out the door. So even if somehow she got into a rocket ship and actually made it back to the house, well, to my place at 6 o'clock, which is physically impossible now, I'm still going to be 15 minutes late leaving. Oh, no. It's 6.10. And now I'm sitting on the chair. I even turned off the television because I didn't want to sit there and start getting involved in the TV program. Because if it's a program that's good, I'm going to lose track of time. You know? It's 6.15. It's 6.20. It's 6.25. Oh, no. 
See, the reason I wanted to leave at six o'clock is because at that particular time, I knew the city well enough. I had been there long enough to know that if I leave at six o'clock between six and six thirty, I said six o'clock. But in my mind, I knew six thirty would have been uh, pushing it. I would have I would beat the traffic on the road that I was going to use to get to the place that I was going to go. I had scouted it out. I knew it's now six forty. Oh, no. Now my window of traffic opportunity is gone. Oh, no. It's 6.50. Oh, she's only 15 minutes away. Now I know, even if she's in line, now she's not showing up now, not because she got caught in traffic, not because the, the traffic between where I was and the store she was was minimal at best, and I knew it. She's now being a pain in the ass. She's now teaching me a lesson. She's now being I hear my car. I hear the door. The doors are not being closed the way you normally close doors. They're being closed a lot louder than they need to be closed. Some people might refer to it as slamming the doors. She's not a heavy woman. She's a light woman. Yet she's banging up the steps hard. I have a feeling that even though it's now 7.05, I'm not going to be able to get out of this house minimum 720 don't you walk out of this house we're going to discuss this but i'm already late i don't care damn it if you love me you'll because that's what it's going to start sounding like so i'm sitting in the chair looking at the map my head's in my hand i'm trying to make adjustments on how am i going to get to this place how because now there's going to be traffic jams and jammed up traffic and traffic jammed up and traffic jam and peanut butter and jam and all of that crap i know it and the door opens at 7.06. Bam! She slams the door open. I can't believe you. Embarrass me in front of my friends. Was your friend on the phone with you? It doesn't matter. She knew how I was when I got off the phone. And she yells at me for 15 minutes. Or whatever. I know I lost track of time. All I know is I didn't get out of the damn place until 7.40. Fortunately for me... There was a traffic jam, but because the traffic was so jammed up and people were diverted, as I got to the other side of the traffic jam, having left an angry woman in my apartment, I don't know whether my TV has a screen right now, but I can't worry about that. If I get this gig, I can replace the television. And because the traffic was so jammed up, when I got to the other side of the traffic jam, I started to notice that a workman was waving me on. And when I got past the workman that was waving me on, I noticed there was no traffic. Everybody else was so busy diverting to what the diversion route, the detour was, that they didn't even realize that the route had opened back up. And nobody, nobody was in the lane. Nobody was on the road. Nobody, nobody, nobody. So it was a straight shot with virtually no traffic from the other side of the massive traffic jam that I was trying to avoid. To the club. I get to the club. The show's supposed to be at 9 o'clock. I get there at 8.20. 
Luckily for me, when I got there, the club owner, and I know this is gross and I have to say it, it's the truth. He had what I like to refer to as the craps. So he was in the bathroom the whole time. He didn't realize I wasn't there. So when he finally comes downstairs and I'm sitting there chilling, he goes, hey, it's Anthony. How's it going? I recognize you from your picture. Hey, what's going on? He shook my hand. How long you been here? I said, no, I've been here a minute. As it turns out, I had literally been, literally been there a minute. He goes, oh, I'm glad you got here. Well, yeah, you know, it was a traffic jam. I said, yeah, I know. Nah, I didn't even, didn't bother me. I was, you know, was ahead of the traffic jam. <laughs> I wasn't. So I do the show. I smoke the joint like a cigarette. The guy books the crap out of me. All the clubs fell in line. So it actually, as it turns out, it had worked out fine. But as I was driving back to my apartment, knowing that there was going to be an angry woman still sitting in the chair with her right leg over her left leg and her foot shaking as women do who are irrational. Now, I'm not saying all women are irrational. I'm not even saying most women are irrational. In fact, most women are not irrational. But that particular one was. And that's the only one that really matters. I don't care if other women are. That's the one I was having sex with. So who cares how other women behave when you just worry about the one you're in a relationship with? Most women I know are pretty damn cool. Just not that one. <laughs> so I know there's a big fight waiting for me when I go home. I can't even enjoy the fact that I smoke this place like a damn cigarette. Don't smoke, kids. So I go home and I walk back in the door. And as I knew, she was sitting there the whole time. And there was about 55 cigarettes in a dish that I didn't want her to put cigarettes in. And she's still sitting there. And now that you're back, I said, you sat there from it's four o'clock in the morning. And you're still sitting there mad. Well, I can't believe you did that. But as she yelled at me, I realized it didn't really bother me as much anymore because now I didn't feel the same way about her that I felt before. How can I put it to you this way? At 4.30, I'm still assuming, this is 4.30 before she was late, before the phone call, before she was before we fought. At 4.30, I was cool. She hadn't done anything like this before. She'd been done, done a little passive-aggressive stuff before, but never anything like this. She knew how important this was to me. She knew three months out how important this, this was to me. She knew a year before when we started dating how important this was to me. She knew it. I explained it to her. But because she was upset with me, she played little games. And had that traffic thing not worked out, I would have showed up to the gig late. And I don't know what kind of damage that would have done. You don't want to be the first time you show up to a gig that at a club you're trying to impress to show up late. What about I was so pissed off at her that I couldn't perform on stage properly? She was willing to she was willing to let all of that happen because she was mad at me because I asked her to stop shopping at a store that she could have easily gone to the next morning with the same car and had all day. Now, if you really care about somebody and if something that they're doing that, you know, is important to them is on the line. 
You know it's important. Even if I'm pissed off at you, I could have been so mad at she could have she could have done something dumb. She could have spilled a liquid. I could have bought a brand new expensive computer and she could have spilled the damn soda in it when I told her not to put soda next to the computer and I would have never gone. I know it's important to her to get to this job. Know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drag my feet and make sure she gets there late and mess it up. That's how mad I am. No, I wouldn't do that. Now, like I said, I'm not immune. I'm not different than that. Things that are important to other people may be important to me because the person is important to me, but it's never going to be as important to me as it is to them individually. That's natural. But if I love the person or care about the person or even just kind of like the person, I'm not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize anything of theirs, especially not something that's so important or definitely not something that was important as this was. Fortunately, 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 it all worked out. And speaking of outs, that's what she was out of my apartments and out of my damn life. I can't have anybody like that around me. Now that was a few decades ago, two decades ago, probably somewhere around there. And that's when I realized you can't have anybody around you when they don't think the things that are important to you are, are important at all. It doesn't have to be as important to you as it is to me. It can't be. But I have to be important. Things that are important to me have to be important enough where at the very minimum you won't get in the way of them. Now, I know there's some of you out there that are married. If you think your spouse thinks that stuff that, is import, that are important to you is important to them, you're nuts. Now, depending on the level of closeness, it may be more and more important. If it's important to you at a 10, it may be important to them at a level 9. Now, that's a perfect marriage if there's such thing as perfect. That's awesome. Even if it's even if it's important to you at a 10 and it's important to them at an 8, that's still good. You can still deal with that. That's someone who won't go. They may be annoyed at you, but they're not going to mess your stuff up. But what if you're married to someone and it's a level 10 important to you and a level 2 to them? Like in that specific case. In my specific case, it might even have been a it was a 10 to me. It might have been a zero to her. I think it was a zero to her because she wouldn't have done that. She knew how important it was. So that's when I decided. And I made it a point. I made it a point. I said to myself, I will never have anybody around me like that again. Never. I want it to be at least if something's that important to me. If it's a 10 to me, it better be an 8 to you. I'm not saying you have to go out of your way to do anything, but at least get out of my way. You know it's a 10 to me. If it's a 10 to me, it better be an 8 to you. All of my friends right now, every friend I have right now, if something's a 10 to me, it's at least a 9 to them or an 8 to them. Because if something's a 10 to them, it's an 8 or a 9 to me. I'll make sure I help you to get there. Because if it's not an 8 or a 9 to them and it's a 10 to you, forget that person. And that's what I learned. So I would just say, I would suggest that to you, you bastards. If something's important to you, realize it's never going to be as important to the other person as it is to you, but it should at least be important to them. So as it turns out, I have I had a long relationship with that club and continue to. But that girl was gone because I can't have that crap. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> you dig? Of course you do.
segment over. All right, guys. You know what I'm going to talk about right now? And this is something I learned a long time ago. Learn how to lose graciously, man. A lot of people don't know how to lose graciously. They don't know that sometimes giving up is the right thing to do. Sometimes you just got to stop. Don't be an idiot. Get out of there. Give up. It's okay. In in martial arts, I took a little bit of martial arts a long time ago. I am in no way, shape, or form a martial artist. I just took some classes a long time ago, and I learned in the classroom that everyone in there can kick my ass, and they did. So when somebody gets me in a choke, got me in a choke back then, you tap the arm, pop, 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 and they let go of the choke. You gave up. But if you don't give up, they choke you until you're unconscious. That's what happens, and that's what happens in life, man. Sometimes you got to learn, lose graciously, take the L, tap out, and you can start all over again and learn something. But a lot of people don't do that. You ever seen a football game where one team is light years ahead of the other team and just basically molly wops the crap out of them for the first half at halftime it's 40 49 to nothing at halftime and it's in the third quarter and at this point you know the other team's better than you you know you can't win the game numerically impossible because of the skill level these two, these two teams it's just too far of a hill to climb you should just stop Take your starters out. Don't humiliate your starters. Don't leave your starters in the football game and leave them susceptible to injury. You have lost this game already. Stop. 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 But some teams will leave their starters in in a game like this, and they wind up getting their quarterback gets his knee smashed up, the running back gets a concussion, and all of that crap because the other team is like, oh, you're not going to give up? Have we not just shown you that we could whip your ass? You're not going to stop? Okay. You want to keep trying to make a point? We're going to kick your ass. Learn when it's time to give up. Sometimes you're going to catch an L, meaning lose, and it's okay. It, you can live another day, play next week. Like I said, in martial arts, tap. You tap, then you can start all over again and learn something. Well, that, the same thing holds true when you're dating somebody. You were, when, you were, when you were the dumped and not you were the person getting dumped, you are the team that I just mentioned that is down 49 to nothing at halftime, and the person dumping you is up 49 to nothing. You can't win this battle. That game is over. They don't want you anymore. They've made it clear. They're not having sex with you. If you're living with them, you're sleeping on the couch, or you're in a hotel. You not, It's not going to happen. They're openly talking about how cute other dudes are to their girlfriends when you're sitting right there. You, sir have lost the game take your starters out stop trying to score get off the, i mean if you put the backups in and they try to score that's okay but everybody knows that they ain't going to do anything get them out of there i've seen games where where a, per, where a team is up by some ridiculous number 75 to nothing in a football game halfway through the third quarter and the other team scores a touchdown which doesn't change the outcome you're still going to lose but then they start pumping their fists and taunting and making all sorts of moves and pointing their fingers at the team that they just scored on and the other team goes really Really? And then they score eight zillion more points and rip that other team's head off, metaphorically speaking, and the other team sitting there crying when they should have just given up. They didn't give up. They didn't take their starters out. And it's the same thing in relationships. 
She's up in the relationship 56 to nothing. The game is over. You can't win. Take your starters out. Stop calling her. Go over and get your stuff. Get out of there. Give her a peck on the cheek and say, I'm sorry you feel this way. I'm sorry it didn't work out. And get the hell out of there and leave her alone. She may even call you up for a little bit of a, of, of a, of a victory lap, meaning a last second bang. You may even get a little bit of that. That's better than not getting anything. But get your starters out of that game. Start playing another game somewhere else. There's another stadium you can go to and another team you can play with. You may win that game. It may be a stalemate, but at least you're not down 80 to nothing like you were in this relationship game. Get out of there. I've been dumped. I've been the dumpy and I've been the dump or I know. If you show up for flowers after a girl tells you she doesn't want to be with you anymore, you are that team that is still trying to win the game. No, no, it's 56 to nothing. And now it's in the fourth quarter. You are not going to win. Oh, no. She's looking at you. Why are you bringing me flowers? I shot at you. I shot at you. You remember when you came to the place and I shot at you and you said, it's me, it's me. And I said, of course I know it's you. That's why I said, Frank, get off my porch or I'll shoot you and you wouldn't leave and I shot at you. Remember when I said, Frank, get off my porch? Your name's Frank. You're the only Frank I know. Huh? Oh, I thought you said, I thought you said something else. I did not say something else. <laughs> I've been there. I know what it's like to be with a woman that is very, very clear. She no longer wants to be with me. It's very clear. And once I realize that, once it becomes, becomes clear, I just get away from them. They don't want me. They don't want me at all. I'm not dealing with that crap. I remember one lady who made it very, very clear that she made it a point to take to start seeing another dude and rub it in my face comes to my apartment makes a phone call to another dude on my phone and she goes i'm gonna make this phone call she never walks she's in my she goes into another room to make a phone call she's in there he and i know when what her laugh sounds like when she's laughing because she's talking to a girlfriend she's gone into the other room to talk before but it was usually because one of her girlfriends had a problem she was helping her out meaning girl to girl and all that kind of thing and the other girl even though they like me they didn't want to talk in front of me i get it I know what her laughing with the girlfriend sounds like. And I also know what her laughing with someone she's either already had sex with, planning to have sex with, or is, I know what that laugh sounds like. Because usually back in the day when we were happy, I was the other person getting that laugh. I know what the I just had sex with you or I'm about to have sex with you or I'm considering having sex with you. And I don't want to be with the bastard in the other room who I'm disrespecting by talking to you about our future bang on his phone. I know what it sounds like. And I heard that laugh and i already knew she didn't want to be with me but i was like oh man she's like spiking the ball now she's rubbing it in my face now she's like just in case this jackass even thought there was a chance that he was going to win this game and get me back i'm going to throw this last little desperate i'm going to throw this last little hail mary touchdown pass right in his face just to make sure he doesn't know he scored a touchdown he got me into his apartment he gave me a kiss and i almost melted like i used to but i thought about it i'm not happy here let me go call this other guy on his phone and go he 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 my pre I know I'm gonna bang this guy laugh and he knows what that laugh sounds like and that's what she did 
I had already decided. I had already picked up the phone and told the assistant coach, get the quarterback out. We're not going to win this game. Get the quarterback out. This game is over. I was just going to give her a kiss on the cheek, say it was great knowing you. I'm sorry it doesn't work out. It didn't work out this way. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but, you know, it was great being with you for the time we have, and I hope you're happy. I was going to say that. I didn't get a chance to get my starter out. She decided that they blitzed the quarterback. You already had the lead. You're already up 56 to nothing. Why are you blitzing? They blitzed the quarterback, got the ball, touchdown, picked up the fumble, and they rubbed it in again. Onside kick. Why are you doing an onside kick? You already got the lead, and they scored another touchdown. What the hell is this? They did all of that stuff. That's what she did. She she did all of that to me in a relationship game. Wanted to rub it in just to let me know. So she comes out and she has this little smile on her face, a tinge of guilt, but basically she had a look on her face. And I know her well enough to know what that look is like. I just wanted to prove a point by sticking this knife in a little deeper. (sighs) I had seen that look before. And I said, you know, that really wasn't necessary. What wasn't necessary? Here's this look in the face like tee hee tee hee hee. I said, come on, really? I mean, I know what you sound. I know what I know you well enough to know you were talking to another guy. And what other guy said, listen, you, you it says, listen, I already know you've mentally dumped me. I get it already. You know, this you came over to say good to say goodbye. I get it. All you had to do was say it wasn't working out. You know, I'm not I'm not going to get mad. I've never hit a woman. I, I'm not a violent guy. So, you know, I wasn't going to beat you up. You know, I'm not really a yelling type guy anymore. You know, I wasn't going to yell and scream at you. I'm not going to fight for somebody that doesn't want to be with him anymore. You knew that wasn't going to happen. So why did you do that? I mean, until you walked into that other room, I just considered you a wonderful lady who would just just didn't feel the same way about me anymore. And you wanted to go about your business and go on with whoever else you were going to sing, whether you're singing now or not doesn't matter anymore. I was just going to give you a hug, a peck on the cheek and say it was nice being with you. I had respect for you. You were just someone that didn't want to be with me. I can't get mad at you for that. But why did you do that? That changes how I feel about you. I don't even respect you anymore. Oh, you don't respect me anymore. So if I was to take this off, you wouldn't want some of this? I said, I got news for you. No. Then she takes the top off. And I'm like, I really don't care. Then she takes her bra off and her titties are out. And I'm saying, I mean, I've seen those before. I slurped on those for two years. It's really not that big. And now her pants are off. I'm like, listen, what are you doing? This is this is stupid. Why are we going to waste our time with this? And now she's naked. I'm like, listen, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to prove a point. You're trying to prove that you that that you know guys. And I said, listen, you're you're embarrassing yourself now. Put your clothes back on. Why are you bending over the table? Okay, what are you doing? Get off my belt. Get off my belt. Ha, ha, ha. Very far. Okay. Now, at this point, she's treating me to a wonderful, um, I'm not even going to say what happened. All I'm going to say is I took her in the room and banged the crap out of her four times. But I knew it was the last four power bangings. I knew it. I knew that that I knew that four or five hours of power banging was the last time we were going to do anything. In the middle of that power banging, she she started to act like her old self. Tee hee hee, love you, you're the best. Dee 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 dee. Goes out, cooks me something, a little something, comes, feeds me something, we get it on it. I knew, but I knew it was goodbye because I, as a dude, I didn't feel the same way. I still banged the crap out of her, but I didn't feel the same way about her. I knew this was it. And then we're laying there after the hours of power banging. 
and we're looking at each other. She's looking at the ceiling. I'm looking over at her and I look at the ceiling and she's looking at me. And then we sit up and we look at each other. And I said, that's it, right? And she goes, yeah. I said, that was still fun. She goes, oh, it was still fun. I just, you know, I just don't think this is working. I said, obviously not. You just called another. She said, I'm sorry about that. I mean, I thought you were trying to get back together with me and I just, and I just didn't feel the same way. I said, so you come over here knowing in your mind that you're probably just saying goodbye to me. You, I know that you're probably saying goodbye to me. But to just to, it's to punctuate the point, you go in and call the next dude that you're already probably nailing right now. You call this dude on my house to punctuate the point, to prove that you're over me, to prove that you don't want to be with me anymore. And then we bang the crap out of each other for like four or five hours. You kind of realize that that phone call was kind of washed away by the power banging that happened afterwards, right? I know, but it's just, I said, you wanted to say goodbye. I'm not complaining. If somebody said to me, listen, a gorgeous woman that you're still in love with but doesn't love you is going to walk out of your life forever, I would have been upset. But I said, but if they said, but if you would like, you could power bang her for five hours and then, uh, and then, then she can walk out of your life. And I said, well, if she's going to walk out of my life anyway, I'll take the five hours of power banging. And I said, I said, listen, uh, listen, I know I, this is over with. I, I get it. I know you don't want to be with me anymore. I understand that. Uh, I want to thank you for the, for the final power banging. And, uh, you know, uh, let's just pack up some, let's get all the stuff that you have in, in my spot. And, um, you know, so we got all, we got dressed and, um, you know, all the thing, little odds and ends that she left around my place. I gave it back to her. I gave her a hug. I gave her a peck on the cheek. I said, you know, quite frankly, when you came over, I was expecting this the part here after the power banging. I was expecting just this to happen. You to come over, I give you a, pe- a hug, a peck on the cheek, say it was great being with you. You know, I'm I'm heart. It's not like I'm not heartbroken. I am. It's not like I wanted to end this, but you know, you know, you pick up everything and you know, you go about your business. You know, now um, what I wasn't going to tell you was I was going to look at your butt as you walked away and store it into my memory for later on, just in case I decided to. to never mind. That's a different story. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, as it turns out, uh, I'm, I'm I was really hurt when you made the phone call uh, to the other dude that I know you're nailing by that you were nailing behind my back as you emotionally distanced yourself from me and then attached yourself to this new dude. And, you know, I, I knew it was going on. I didn't know you were with another dude. I knew you were emotionally det- detaching yourself from me. I didn't know there was another dude. But uh, I got to be honest with you. Um as far as breaks up, breakups are concerned, I think this is a good thing. I mean, if, if every per people that broke, every group of people that broke up, broke up with a, several hours of power banging, I think a lot of relationships would be healthier. Because I, I really enjoyed power banging you for several hours before you leave. I really, I really appreciate that. And she laughs, and I give her a hug and I give her the peck on the cheek, which is what I planned for the evening in the first place. And she walks away. I knew I wasn't going to be able to win that game. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get that person back. It was too far gone. She had already emotionally detached herself from me. She had already emotionally attached herself to the next dude. You know, I don't know whether she got it on why we're still together. It doesn't really matter because what matters is she's not with me. Uh, this is a long, this is a long time ago, but she was not with me anymore. I don't care what she does now. I wanted to be happy because I loved her at one point, but I don't care what she does now. I don't care. You know. I was able to take the L. I took some of that butt, too. (laughs) Throwing a little levity in there. (laughs) 
But I, I didn't I didn't care anymore. I was willing to take the L. And ever since then, ever since the end of that relationship, if I've ever been in a relationship where a woman is going to, quote, dump me, unquote, I'm okay with it. It doesn't happen that often, thank goodness. But I'm okay with it. I can take the L. This is like I said, in a martial arts class, if a superior student gets you in a guillotine choke or a rear naked choke or an ankle lock or, an, or a Kimura, if they get you in that, tap. Don't keep fighting. You're going to get your arm broken. Don't keep fighting. You're going to get choked out. Don't keep fighting. You're going to have a broken ankle. And then what happens? Instead of just getting up and going home after class and going about your day, you got to go to the ER. And now you got to pay $600 just for the ambulance trip. You got to pay five grand for them to reset this and fix that and put that together you got to take those twenty-seven thousand dollar aspirins because that's what they cost at the hospital you got to go through all of that crap and you're still lost don't lose and get hurt and crushed too so that's what i learned man i can take an l if i know a situation is beyond my control there's nothing i can do about it and if i continue on through i'm just going to wind up damaging and hurting and crushing myself when i have the option of not damaging and hurting and crushing myself and i can move on and not damage and crush and humiliate and rip myself up when i'm going to lose anyway i know i can just take the l doesn't matter I'm just really, really glad that at some point in my life, I realized I don't have to fight for crap that ain't worth fighting for anymore. I ran across her a few years later. And it was really weird. It's really weird running across somebody years later after a situation like that. And I saw her, man, and she still looked great. You know, and I was like, and it was a, it was like a little, you know, you get a little flutter in your heart because that's someone you used to get it on with and you never, you never really wanted to break up with them in the first place and they drop kick your ass like a WWE wrestler. And I was going to do the whole avoid seeing her thing, but I was like, I'm not doing that crap. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to like walk into the store and wait till she goes by or, you know, dip into my car and hopefully she, I'm not doing that garbage. She's going into the store I wanted to go into in the first place. And I'm not waiting till she comes out until I go in there. Cause what if she sits down and decides to have a meal in there? I'm not doing that crap. And besides, I just want to make sure I don't feel anything. Anyway, like I said, I walk across the street, I go into the store and I walk in. I'm not going to go out of my way to draw attention to myself. I'm not going to do that, but I'm not going to not walk in there because she's in there. So I go in there and I get some stuff and I can hear her yell my name from back. And I turn around and she's there and she walks up to me and I feel nothing. Why was I getting a little bit of the butterflies across the street? Because for a minute, for a minute, for a second, I felt, I felt I was that kid again. And I walk across and I feel like she still looks great, you know, and um, we're talking and everything's going good with me, obviously, and everything's going good with her. And she said, maybe we can get together for lunch and, uh, and catch up old times. You say you single right now because and I'm going, are you kidding me? <laughs> in my mind and i said you know what i said it was great seeing you but it's like i I really have a a tough schedule she goes oh well okay but i was just thinking i said i said listen 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 you know (laughs) i still care for you i want you to be happy and everything's great you know i want you to be happy still look wonderful and all that kind of stuff but 
that ship has not only sailed, it has been scuttled, <laughs> if that's the right word. That ship has been that ship has been just that ship that ship is sunk. The ship is gone. That ship is that ship looks up at the Titanic because the Titanic is not as deep in the ocean as that ship is. But I do wish you well. I really do. But no, we ain't having a cup of coffee. <laughs> this was cool right here, just seeing you now. So I gave her a hug, a, a kiss on the cheek, and I walked out the door. But then I walked back into the door, grabbed her, put her on top of the coffee house table, and power banged her for five hours for old time's sake. <laughs> okay, that part did not happen. Actually, she, she, she would have said, you know what? See, we haven't seen each other in about five, six years. Would you like to power bang me for five hours? I would have said, yes, I would. <laughs> That's true. I would have done that. <laughs> okay, it's not true. I would not have done that. I would have had her take a blood test first and then power banged her. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, that is not true. I would have not done that, but I definitely would have thought of it. <laughs> don't judge me you bastards <laughs> like i always said man i know that i know that when it's time to take a l meaning lose when you can't win and you, you the only and even trying again is going to do nothing but damage you when you still will not win i know how to take an l and get the hell out of there and you should too why because it's the way to go you bastards learn to take an l sometimes learning to take an l and minimizing the damage is better than anything you dig segment over all right all right my friends i want to talk to you about something um right now and don't worry i'm, I'm going to talk about podcasting equipment very very quickly and I'm not going to podcast geek out here. I'm going, I'm just doing it to illustrate a larger point. If you've been listening to me for a long period of time and the segment begins with me talking about some crap and you're going, why the hell is this jackass talking about that? And then during the course of the segment, you realize I'm making a larger point and I'm using it to illustrate that point. You know what's about to happen. Are you ready? Of course you are. Here we go. A few days ago, I finally got some equipment in the mail that I wanted to get uh, for a while, I got some condenser microphones for my podcast and some new cables and all of that crap. I got that stuff and some shock mounts and all of that. I got that because next year I plan on, you know, hanging out with some of the comics that I think are funny that I that are friends of mine or people that I think are funny that I haven't met. Maybe doing they they won't really be interviews. It'll just be me hanging out with somebody that I think is funny and I think that you'll enjoy uh, hearing me talk to and that kind of thing. I'll do that. That's what's probably going to happen. But don't worry, everybody. I know what you think but but s machine king bastard we just want to hear you we just want to hear you talk about stupid crap for an hour and change we want that damn it and we're not gonna and i'm gonna let you know my beautiful bastards there's always gonna be me talking directly to you there's always gonna be this oh yeah i'll never stop doing this oh no at the very minimum, what I may do is I may fold that into the end of one of these episodes or I may or what's the most likely uh, thing that's going to happen is I'll just do a separate episode with that being a special edition. But there will always be me talking to you guys, me, King Bastard, talking to his beautiful bastards, just me uh, talking to you. That'll never stop. I promise you dig. OK, back to what I was talking about. So I got my equipment. 
And then what I realize is when I go out there and I record other people, I'm going to want to, you know, I want to want to have an external battery. And I got that, too. And I want to plug that external battery in so I can take my stuff anywhere I want to and record anywhere I want to. Just pop it on the table, set up the mic, slap in the the condenser mics, plug them in, turn on the phantom power, use the shock mounts and get to going and start recording. And that's what's going to happen soon. Oh, yeah. But what I wanted to find out was because I'm most likely not going to record with other people more than about an hour, maybe an hour and a half out on the outside, but most likely about an hour with other people. How long does this external battery last? I mean, I'm using phantom power and I know that that drains batteries a lot faster. That means when you have a, a certain type of microphone, a condenser microphone, it needs more power and you have to turn on phantom power, which is an external power source. And it powers the microphones and thus sucks on the battery. So I plug all my mics in just to find out what the capabilities, to find out what the breaking point, to find out how long that battery can hang on. And all I needed to do was hang on for maybe three hours at the most. Because like I said, I'm not recording for more than an hour and a half at the most. So if this thing can give me three hours, I'm fine. No problem. I'll be able to do what I need to do. So I plug all the microphones in and I crank up the phantom power and I push record. I want to find out how long this damn thing can record and an hour goes by and two hours goes by, three hours goes by and I'm going, you know what? That's great. That's all I needed. And it's still going strong. Four hours goes by. Oh, yeah. Five hours, six hours and right around seven hours and 15 minutes. Battery goes down, which means it has the capability of going for seven hours. This means worst case scenario. If well, I shouldn't say worst case, scenario, but if I decided to record something for six hours, six and a half hours, I could do it with this battery. I'm not going to do that, but I could. And I now know what the capabilities, what the maximum length of time these batteries can hang out. And sometimes you got to know what it takes to kill something. Sometimes you got to find out how much something can take. Sometimes you got to find out what you need to do to knock something off. I now know that that battery lasts seven hours. I'll never need seven hours, but I know it's capable of seven hours. I know what it's capable of. I know what it takes to knock that battery off and I know what not to do. So the battery never fails me. But there's other things that you got to find out what it takes to knock them off, what it takes to knock them down, what it takes to beat them. And as tough as it was to kill that battery because it took seven hours, there's other things that you got to take up that you got to battle with that. You got to find out what it takes to knock them off, to knock them down, to kill them. That's even tougher than trying to kill that battery. Like really bad habits. Oh, yeah. See, bad habits are even tougher. I could kill that battery in seven hours. You can't stop smoking in seven hours, can you? Oh, no. It's like when you see those TV commercials and they're really kind of stupid. They have a a, a personification of smoking and it's always like a dragon or some disgusting creature jumping out of the cigarette packs. If you knew how cigarettes looked as dangerous in real life as they actually are, a lot of people wouldn't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they would. You think that everybody that smokes doesn't know what it's like to have somebody with lung cancer and their family coughing up black shit and disintegrating down to nothing. I know what it looks like. I've had friends die of 
that disease and you see them deteriorating and right in front of them right in front of you we're all crying and passed out because this person we loved sitting there smoking and smoking and smoking and taking chemo and and they still sneak out and take a cigarette and you're going you're taking chemo and you snuck out and took a cigarette and there's people outside smoking, talking to each other about how bad they feel about this relative, this friend, this loved one passing away from lung cancer as they smoke outside. That shows you how tough it is. That's way better. That's way tougher than trying to kill that battery. It only took seven hours to kill that battery. You can't kill a cigarette habit in seven hours. Oh, no. It's like in that commercial. That pack of cigarettes sitting in the chair next to you. You think you're going to put that cigarette down and that pack of cigarettes just moves up next to the side of your face. You better pick that thing right back up, jackass. I said smoke it. I don't want to smoke anymore. I don't care what you want. I need to be smoked. I got 19 other friends in here and they're upset with you. You tried to put us down and walk away, didn't you? I don't think so. Oh, you went a couple of days without smoking one of us. You know, we're getting kind of angry about that. Did you know that? How about I make your head hurt a little bit? Oh, did that bother you? Oh, how about I make you a little jittery for no reason? Oh, you jittery. Oh, you didn't realize we're addictive, you dumb bastard. You think you're going to walk away from us? You think you're going to? There's 20 of us and one of you, and you can't even beat me. (laughs) And I brought 19 friends, jackass. Now put me in your mouth right now. Oh, you don't have any you don't have any matches? Oh, really? You got a stove, don't you? Good. Light it. Now light me. Now go outside and don't come back in until there's nothing left but my filter. Yeah, that's right. And it is not just smoking, because I've never smoked. I'm not a smoker. Cigarettes can come up to me. Yes, Anthony, smoke me. And I'm like, fuck out of here. And I'm like, ooh, he's a non-smoker. We better take this L and move on. Call back to the previous previous segment. See what I did there? Tee-hee, moving on. But in my case, what it is and what it's always been is weight loss. Now, I've been in good shape in my life before. I'm not in good shape now. I'm not in horrible shape. I can still run up the steps without being winded. I can still play with my young relatives without being winded. But I know I need to be in better shape. I know I'm too heavy. I know that. And even though I just did a little thing there talking about how addictive cigarettes are and how the personification of cigarettes can sit next to you in a chair in your car and follow you around the house and make you pick up that cigarette, knowing that the cigarette is bad for you, I can't look down at the cigarette, people who smoke cigarettes, and look at them with compassion because I realize I got something sitting in the seat next to me talking shit too. I can't say anything to them. I can't look down at them because sitting next to me is bad eating habits. 
and bad eating habits are almost as dangerous. I should say just as dangerous as smoking a cigarette. It may take longer to kill you. It may not even kill you. It may just cause a chronic disease over the course of time, but it will finish you off eventually. And I'm going to say it right now. I might as well say, you might as well say, you might as well say it's as bad as cigarettes because either way, you know that you shouldn't be doing it. You know it. You've seen relatives get sick and die because they were overweight. You're not as overweight as they are, but you're overweight enough and you know what the end game is if you don't get better and eat better and do the things you're supposed to do you don't need to be at eating that cheesesteak put the cheesesteak down you know damn well your big ass doesn't need that cheesesteak but the cheesesteak needs me I mean, I'm driving the car and I look to the right and in the right in the seat next to me is a really well done cheesesteak from my hometown of Philly. I don't even need to drive to Philly right now. I've already visited everybody I need to do and see in Philly right now. I need to keep my punk ass here in, in New Jersey. But oh, no, it's so easy to get down to South Philadelphia, my hometown. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to go to the section of the city where the best cheesesteaks and the hoagies in the freaking world are made. Oh, no. Oh, no. How did I get to Philadelphia? I just left Philly. Why did I come back across the bridge? It takes a little while to get to Philly. It takes me a while to get here. Why am I driving here? Why am I driving here? There's a supermarket right down the street where I can go get some stuff and some salad fixings and I can make a nice salad and I'll be full and I will be have antioxidants and good minerals and nutrients and water-based foods is good. Water-based foods are good for you. If you eat green for the most part, you'll be a lot healthier. You'll feel lighter. You'll be lighter and no no i just parked well i'm here and i and and the fact that i'm here right now is bad enough but i can still salvage it even though i drove a great distance to get here even though i drove a great great distance to get here i'm standing in line at a cheesesteak place i haven't bought the cheesesteak yet i have not made the purchase i i can get out of line right now in fact they make salads here oh Oh, that's actually a sign mocking salads. That ain't helping. Oh, no. I get up to the counter. There's one person in front of me, and I break away. I don't buy the cheesesteak. Ha, 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 ha. That's right, cheesesteak. And I look over my, get back in my car, and I'm pulling out of the parking space, and I'm driving away from Philadelphia. And the personification of the cheesesteak is looking at me, shaking his fist as it dissolves smaller and smaller and smaller and and disappears oh yeah that's right cheesesteak i just kicked your ass your personification is gone i win you lose and then a hand comes on the back seat and it taps me on the shoulder and i look into my rearview mirror and i hear the music that you hear in every movie when there's a horrible thing going you know when you watch one of those horror movies and the music comes on and in the movie it's a person with a knife that about to stab the person in the seat because you thought you got rid of the demon you thought you got rid of you got away from the killer you thought you left the killer in the house you pushed it down the steps you thought it was dead you step in the car you get in the car you step on the gas you peel out and you think you got away but you didn't get away because it's not that easy the cheesesteak isn't there the cheesesteak is gone i made it disappear i kicked that cheesesteak's ass but That's a Taco Bell over there. Oh, no. 
When I moved to California the first time, Taco Bell was one of my best friends, mainly because they had cheap burritos. I could get a courtesy cup, which is that they give you a free cup that you can put water in because you can't afford soda. But they'll give you that cup if you buy some food. And I would buy these little cheap burritos. They're full of beans. You eat the bean burritos and they sit in your stomach just like if you eat grits or a big omelet or something. It just sits there and you're not hungry and you didn't spend that much money. So I have an affinity for Taco Bell and I haven't been to Taco Bell in a while. And I wonder if they still sell those little bean burritos there's nothing wrong with a bean burrito i'll get a couple of little bean burritos like i did back in the day and it won't be a problem it's not like it's a lot of calories and it's not that much food and it's just for old time's sake i'm not eating this stuff because i want to eat food that that i know that i should, should not be on the diet that will get me back in shape and then then that they, they don't sell those anymore but they do sell this big, gigantic Takito Belugu Mujiku, whatever the hell it's called. And it's full of all the stuff you know you should not be eating. And I look in the back seat and I realize that the big, giant taco guy is not in the back seat anymore. He's not looking at me threatening anymore. Why should he look at me threatening from the back seat? He's not going to do that. You know why he's not doing that? Because he's in the seat next to me. And he's leaning over and he's looking in the side of my face. And he's saying to me, don't even look at the dollar portion of the menu. Don't even think about looking at the portion of the menu with the cheap stuff or the small stuff. Oh, no, you don't. You look at the top of the menu. You're going to order something that has a number next to it. Because the things that have a number next to them are meals. And, man, you're going to get a meal. You're not going to get some little this, one little small taco, one little burrito. Oh, no, you're not. You're going to get a meal, punk. And right now, fortunately for me, this is the kind of Taco Bell where when you're in the drive through section, if you don't get to a certain point, you can still make a right and pull out of the drive through section. And I'm about 10 feet away from that section, that part of the thing, that five feet and six. And I pull out of that section. That's right. And the Taco Bell guy starts to shrink. And he pops away. His personification is gone. His personification is gone the same way the personification of the cheesesteak also disappeared. I beat Cheesesteak and I beat Taco Bell. I beat them both. And now I'm over the bridge. Welcome to New Jersey. That's right. Oh no. Is that a corner store? And they have a picture of cheesecake in the corner store. Oh, no. I am not looking in the rearview mirror. I don't have to look in the rearview mirror. Because cheesecake is now sitting in the chair next to me. Oh, how you doing, buddy? You know that store right there sells cheesecake, right? I don't know. No, you don't have to buy a whole cheesecake. No, man. You can just buy a little slice of cheesecake. The little slice of cheesecake ain't going to bother you. What difference does it make, man? Right, you don't need to buy, just buy the cheesecake, come on man, just buy the cheesecake. And I drive right past the store, and I reach over and I, with my right hand, and I, with my left hand, I hit the lock and unlock the door. I reach across, open the door, and push the cheesesteak's personification out the door, and I watch his punk ass bounce down the street. Ha ha ha. Because even though I like cheesecake, I don't like cheesecake as much as I love cheesesteaks and Taco Bell. So it's always easy to push its punk ass out the door. Get out, punk! That's right. And I close the door and I move on. So I got home and I had defeated a cheesesteak. I had defeated a Taco Bell and cheesecake tried some stuff, but I kicked its ass because it's not that much of a challenge, even though I like cheesecake.
But the funny thing is, it's not just the stuff you're not supposed to eat. It's also something you're supposed to do. And it's just as tough getting rid of things you're not supposed to eat as it is to do things that you need to do. Am I eating better? Yes. Have I worked out as much as I need to? Absolutely not. But the only thing is, unlike the food, the barbells and the weight machines don't want me to use them. Oh, no. I remember I have, I have them right in the room right there. I can walk into the next room. There's a, a, a weight bench. There's weights. There's a stair machine. There's a bike. I bought that stuff because I'm going to use them eventually. <laughs> Shut up. I walked in there and I opened up the door and I saw them sitting there. I saw the weight bench talking to the weights. I saw the punching bag talking to the bike and the stair machine. And I walked in and they said, what are you doing in here? And I said, I came in here to work out. And they said, we don't like your kind in here. And I said, what do you mean you don't like my kind in here? Humans, get out. I said, but I need you to get in shape. No, no, no. You don't get to use us until you're already in shape. Do you know that if a person who's in shape uses us, it doesn't hurt them? No. It actually feels good to them because they're already in shape. Come back when you're in shape. But how am I going to get in shape if I don't use you? Listen. I see. You don't know how to listen. Okay. Okay. Okay, come on in. And then I see the weight machine, the stair machine, the bike, the bag, and the weights slide all into the corner. And they begin talking to each other. And I hear them laughing and pointing at me. And I'm going, I didn't even know you things had arms. And how the hell did you become sentient? I just realized that. And they said, shut up. And they all got back to their regular positions where I had placed them a long time ago when I fooled myself into believing I was going to use them. <laughs> and I walk up. And I walked over to uh, to the weight bench and I, st I stacked on some weights and I started lifting weights and it was pretty good. I didn't put on a lot of weight. I just put on enough to make it feel like I actually did something because I know I got to ease into it. I know it's going to hurt if I don't ease into the workouts. I know it's going to hurt, 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 hurt. And I don't want it to hurt, 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 hurt. So I do a little lifting and I do a little heavy bag and I do a little bike and I do a little stair machine and I do a little of this and I do a little of that and I walk out of the room and I don't look back when I walk out of the room because I don't know if I want to see what's going on behind me because I know the weights and the machines don't want me using them because I'm not already in shape and they said as I said before they only want to work with people who are already in shape and I should come back when I'm in shape and I was about to close the door behind me but I turned back around and I saw them all looking at me with their arms folded like you don't even know what you just did punk now what I didn't know was they had set me up I didn't realize that the weight machines and the bikes and all of that kind of crap were just like, you know, guerrilla fighters in warfare. They were horrible. They had set me up all the time I was working out with them. And I thought that they were my friends. Well, I didn't really think they were my friends. I thought that they had begrudgingly said, OK, we can't talk him out of it. We might as well just go back to being inanimate objects that move when he wants us to move and do what he wants us to do. But they really didn't. They set me up, those punks. I didn't realize they had left certain, they had attached landmines and grenades to me. I didn't realize they had set me up. I didn't realize it. I didn't, it's like when you're in school and you're a kid and you think somebody's your friend and they pat you on the back and you're wondering why everybody's kicking you in the ass when you walk down the street 
the hallway and you walk by something that's reflective and you see there's a kick me sign in your back and you turn around you take it off and everyone starts laughing it was kind of like that but it wasn't a kick me sign it was lactic acid buildup. oh yeah and muscles that weren't properly hydrated because I hadn't worked out in a while and I forgot to do it. And they knew it. They looked at me. That's probably what those weight machines and stuff were saying in the quarter. That jackass didn't even stretch or drink any liquids. Oh, let's get him. I'm driving down the street and I'm driving and doing my thing. And I'm, you know, you have your right foot. and You use that to drive. You tap the brake, which is to the, the middle. You got the gas on the right. And I go from the gas to the brake and I can hear I heard an explosion sound and all of a sudden my calf muscle just locks up. It's a Charlie horse. They left a Charlie horse bomb in my right leg. Those weight bastards. And then I got a phone call and I answered the phone. But it's okay. I had an earpiece in. I'm not going to danger myself driving. I tap my earpiece and I hear laughter. And it's not a familiar laughter. It's not none of my friends or anybody like that. And then I realized it was the weight machines. They had looked at their watches and realized that was right around the time that that landmine they left in my right calf would explode. And they wanted to laugh at me, those bastards. I almost crashed into the car in front of me but I stepped on the brakes anyway I got out of the car I stretched my legs out and I rushed back to the house I walked back up the stairs I grabbed the knob to the door that has all the weights I could hear them in there laughing talking about almost got them I pushed the door open I said you wait bastards and all of a sudden they wouldn't talk anymore they didn't have anything to say they were actually just laying there as if they were inanimate objects oh really oh now you're gonna play silent huh you bastards trying to keep me from working out by leaving landmines in me oh i know you probably left some more landmines in me and i was shaking my finger at him to let him know i was in and my back started hurting apparently they left another one in there i heard the weight snicker i said i knew you weren't back to being inanimate objects you bastards and i said listen jackasses from this point on i'm going to be using you regularly and i don't care how bad you hurt me afterwards i'm not gonna stop i could be cheesesteak and i love cheesesteaks i beat taco bell food and i love taco bell food cheesecake wasn't much of a challenge i pushed this punk ass out the car but if you think you guys are gonna beat me if you think i can i can beat cheesesteak and taco bell and i can't can't beat your punk asses you're crazy you're going down and then i turned around and walked out and all i could hear was a whole bunch of and things that i thought were inanimate objects i could hear him oh shit god damn it oh fuck i could be oh, damn it i thought we got him damn it oh shit and i said that's right and i closed the door and i said see you every morning it's really difficult to beat bad habits. It's really difficult to start good habits because if you're already doing dumb stuff to begin with, it's really, really tough. If you, you, you eat badly, it's hard to stop eating badly because it becomes a habit. But then when you beat it and you start eating good, all of a sudden good things start to happen. You start to feel good. When you start working out, it hurts at first. Oh, no. Oh, my leg, my back. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it doesn't hurt anymore. It starts to feel good. You start to feel good and you start to look good and everything starts to be good. Yeah, that's right. I said it. So just like I killed that battery after seven hours and I knew exactly what it can handle, I know now what it takes to tell Cheeksteak to get out of my damn face. I know what it takes to tell Taco, to take Taco Bell and tell it to get out of my face. 
Cheesecake wasn't much of a challenge. I mean, cheesecake wasn't much of a challenge. I pushed his punk ass out the car. And then I said to the waits, I'll be back. The same way Arnold Schwarzenegger said it. Except I didn't do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression because, you know, why would I do that? That doesn't make sense in this context because I was just talking to the waits. And, you know, I don't think the waits actually saw that movie. (laughs) God, I'm in trouble. I need help. Anyway, so I know what it's like, my friends. To try to bust a bad habit's ass. But you can do it. I'm doing it. You can do it. If King Bastard can do it, and that will be me, then all of my beautiful bastards, you can do it too. So when you go into that gym and you hear the weights saying bad stuff behind your back, you look back to those weights. You walk up to the weight machine you're going to work next, and you scream at the top of your lungs, S. Anthony says I can kick your ass, so take that, bitch. And the next time a cheesesteak or whatever your favorite food gets, you see it sitting in the car next to you, and it's going, you're going to eat me, and you're going to have your ass the size of a house you look back at it and said i will not eat you i'm not doing it i'm gonna eat good yeah that's right because i said you can do it because i'm gonna do it yeah that's right let's get it done you bastards (laughs) segment over well all right my friends this has been episode number 188 of the s anthony says podcast it is now over we are done for this week and i want to thank you more than you'll ever know for listening to my weird ass for an hour and change a week thank you very very much once again special shout outs to at twitter hero there's only one t in the twitter part why because two t's would be distracting uh (laughs) shout out to my cordy mendoza on twitter a uh, special shout out to In Session Film. That's a podcast. Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks podcast that I'll be recording uh, with those uh, those wonderful people on uh, November 21st. I don't know when it comes out, but when it comes out, you will listen to it. You know, uh, shout out to this. You know, there's so many really cool people out there that have been very, very supportive. You know, so I'm going to give a, a couple of them a shout out a week. You know, I would like to rattle off all of them, but then their podcast will be 12 hours. So I can't do that. But uh, <laughs> but this week, we're going to give a shout out to In Session Film, um, to the Naked Porch podcast. Uh, these are both podcasts. In Session Film is a podcast, and the Naked Porch is a podcast. Um, Salty Language podcast, which I did recently. Um, of course, Dan Lizette, my first interview on a podcast was on the Podcast Digest. Hello, Dan. How you doing, baby? Um, and I want to thank everybody else out there. Like I said, I'll, I'll make sure that I shout uh, people out every week that have been really, really good to me. I, I can't do all of you every week, but I will definitely do that as much as I possibly can because I really do appreciate you guys, you know, the retweets, the reblogs, and the recommendations. So you know, much love to all of you. Uh, if you haven't started following me on Twitter yet, get it done, damn it. Follow me at, at S. Anthony Thomas. That's my personal Twitter. Uh, the podcast's Twitter is at S. Anthony Says. Uh, there's a S. Anthony says podcast group on Facebook and also a fan page on Facebook. So f- join both of those, you bastards. Uh, if you love the show, and I know you do, make sure that uh, you, you spend a couple seconds and give a, a nice review, preferably a 700 star review to the podcast, wherever you're listening to it, whether you're listening to it on Stitcher, Tune and iTunes, wherever you are. If you like the show, make sure you uh, drop a review there. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, if you want to contact me uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, declarations of love, because <laughs> that's all I'm going to pay attention to, you bastards. Please do so. The email address is the S. Anthony says podcast at Gmail dot com. Once again, you guys are the greatest. I love every last one of my beautiful bastards. Thank you for everything that you've done for the recommendations, for all the kindness. Um, 
I really, really appreciate it. Much love to every last one of you. And I will see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, love every last one of you. And I'll say it. You know what I'm going to say if you've been listening for me with me at listening to me all these years and you can say it with me in your cars while you're walking down the street wherever you're listening to me you know what i'm about to say say it along with me s anthony out here.